Hi, and welcome to this edition of the Be Ham Brothers podcast. On this episode, we are going to break down week zero. I hate that name, yep. but the week zero <laughs> results um, from college football. Kind of a soft open to the college football season here. Yeah, it's good to just watch college football. I'll it, be honest. It was good, and honestly, those those one or two good games that yeah. I, I enjoyed watching. We'll we'll get to them. The Vandy-Hawaii game was really enjoyable. Yes. And then you watched a good bit of that UMass-New Mexico State game. Yeah, score doesn't show how close it really was. I mean, the sc- final score is close, but it was back and forth the whole game. Yeah, I watched about a quarter of it and then flipped it over to that Vandy game when it came back from the lightning delay that they were uh, going through there. But it was two teams that were looked fairly equally matched. Yeah. I mean, And they were hitting hard, man, from oh, what yeah. I saw. There were some fights going on on the field. I was shocked. I was like, oh, really? wow, you guys are... Really fighting for this weakest spot on the totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so Auburn plays both of those teams later on. Actually, Auburn's opens with UMass this coming Saturday. And then late in the season, uh, right before the Iron Bowl, they play New Mexico State. So that's why we had a little bit of an extra interest yeah. in that game. The old Minutemen. Yeah, the old Minutemen. Uh, but college football kicked off with Notre Dame versus Navy playing over in Dublin, Ireland. Emmett, did you watch any of that game? No, I did not. All right, well, Navy wins. I mean, sorry, Notre Dame. That would have been crazy. Notre Dame <laughs> wins that game 42-3. to Offensively, Notre Dame looked stout. Yeah. I mean, they looked really good, and that was their problem last year was they didn't have much of an offensive identity. Uh, with with Brian Hartman at, at quarterback there uh, coming over from Wake Forest, they've got a good offense. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of people are hating it because, you know, they hate to have these superpower teams like Notre Dame, who's always hyped up, you know, that, that aren't very good. Man, I think Notre Dame's legit. I think they're a pretty good team. Yeah. It, as, well, when I saw the final score, I was like, okay, they must have something because I thought maybe Navy could do something yeah. to them because Navy's not a terrible, like, one of those military league ga- uh, teams. I know they're never going to compete for the playoff or anything like that, but you look at Navy and Army – you don't normally respect them, but Navy has done some crazy stuff in the past couple of years as far as upsetting teams. Now, I'll also say this. Notre Dame was playing on home field advantage. They're the fighting Irish playing in Ireland. I mean, my gosh. What is that? Yeah, well... I, I, you well, got an entire country okay, so rooting what, against you as your Navy. <laughs> well, well, it's also fine, kind of funny because it's like United States... These are U.S. Navy servicemen yeah. over there playing out of country, right? Which, you know, they're going to travel the world as servicemen, but like, yeah. you know... I just I thought that was very odd that we're playing this very American game with yes. two very American teams over in Dublin, Ireland. I don't like it. I don't like the NFL doing it. Here's the only reason why I like the NFL doing it is because it gives me a game at like nine o'clock in the morning. That's true. You get some fantasy. That's the only fantasy reason. Yeah, you early. get some fantasy <laughs> points before like you head off to church. Like yeah. you get some fantasy points and be you know something to talk about before you head up there. So, uh, but uh, Notre Dame beats them forty-two to three. Almost doubled up on the line. The line was twenty-one. Wow. Um, so that was that blew it out of the water. Now early, you know, it's tough, man. It's early to, yeah. to gauge lines early on in the year, but um, definitely blew that one out of the water. Uh, then let's see. Next couple of games there were Jacksonville State, UTEP, Jacksonville State. They were a one-point uh, favorite, I believe, over UTEP. Um, it was it was right around one, one and a half uh, the whole time. Uh, they beat Utah. That's a pretty big win for Jacksonville yeah, State. It's huge. Uh, Rich Rodriguez gets a big win there. Um, I think that's good for that program. Um, a lot of 
a lot of fans, you know, of them here in Alabama, obviously, uh, just because they're the local school. Uh, then the UMass New Mexico State game. Uh, what'd you see from that game, Emmett? It just it was weird. It was super duper competitive, like a close game and a good game to watch. However, it just looked like slow motion was happening out on the field. I'm gonna be honest. Like you could just tell that these guys were not. It's just nowhere near the same as the SEC. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's what I kind of got out of it. Was like they were they were equally matched. So it was yeah. a very good, entertaining game. Yeah, but but it wasn't because they were all just super talented. Not to say they don't have a, any talent, but you know, it wasn't two SEC teams going at it, right? I mean, I, I have no fear of either of these teams. No, and if Auburn does lose to these teams, I will. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Do not talk to me. Things probably went the wrong direction for Auburn at that point. Now UMass, UMass was is surprising here too because they they won the game. UMass has won, I think, five games over their past three seasons combined. Wow, didn't know that stat. Yeah, so huge win for them. Huge win for might them. might be the only one of the year. But hey, starting <laughs> off the season, starting off the season with a win makes it a lot easier to get multiple wins yeah, in, that's in true. the year. You got some momentum going for you. That's that right. About to be sucked out of the rim. So UMass wins that one forty-one to thirty. San Diego State beats Ohio. Uh, Miami. Uh, no, just Ohio beats oh. them twenty to thirteen. We just did the Kentucky one, and I did not realize you know Kentucky played Miami Ohio instead of the U last year. Um, let's see. All right, another surprising game here. USC beats San Jose State fifty-six to twenty-eight. Auburn played San Jose State last year, and yeah. San Jose State was the team that gave Auburn a lot of trouble. Yeah, um, and it was really ticking me off. It, yeah, it was very annoying, very frustrating as a fan. It's like a mosquito. They always just hang around these big teams, and it's like, you're not supposed to win. Well, Stop. they sit there. They've got a good quarterback. He can run a little bit, and then he'll just they kind of air raid you, and they, they pick you apart, um, and they're able to do that really well. And they hung in there. Yeah. And um, I think the score, I think it was a one-score game or a two-score game. Might have been tied at half. Uh, right at halftime. Um, but uh, it was a it was a very close game all along. And really the story was, and it was the same story as what we've called for, for USC for years now, of great offense, uh, really bad defense. They could not stop San Jose State. Um, but then in the second half, they came out of the half, they came out of the tunnel, uh, just a totally different team and, um, were able to really kind of put them away. Final score 56 to 27, um, 28, I'm sorry, 56, 28. Um, so then there was, uh, just, uh, another couple games here to open up, uh, the week, um, La Tech beats FIU 22-17. I didn't watch any of that game. We didn't watch the USC game either. I didn't watch the USC game either. Because we couldn't. That's true. Why couldn't we? Not on ESPN. It's because it's on the Pac-12 network, which nobody subscribes to. You know why nobody subscribes to it? It's boring. Because they suck. They do. <laughs> They're not great. Um, so, uh, uh, so, yeah, so... Uh, Sorry, what's the next game there? Oh, Vandy versus Hawaii. So this is the game I really yeah, wanted to get to. I watched a lot of this one. Yeah, so Vandy wins 35-28. But let's break down this game here. So Vandy opens up, scores first. Yeah. Um, if you go back and listen to our Vanderbilt uh, preseason review, 
Um, I hate to pat ourselves on the back here, but we nailed it. Yeah. They've got some guys at wide receiver. A.J. Swan is a good quarterback. Will Shepard is a great wide receiver. You're going to hear his name a lot this year. Um, uh, J.J. McGowan is a good, really good, um, another complimentary wide receiver to Will Shepard. Um, Jaden McGowan. Um, I mean, uh, Will Shepard finishes uh, the game with six catches for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Jaden McGowan finishes the game with six catches with 72 yards. No touchdowns there for him. Um, Vandy was able to go out there and score. Uh, they returned a kickoff for a score, so the special teams did a little bit of work. But the problem was their defense. Yeah. And we talked about it in our preseason review forum. They really need – the only way I could – the only way I ever saw them getting to Hawaii's quarterback was if they brought – five, six guys, yeah. if they just blitz a ton yeah. of guys. The problem with that is their corners aren't good in coverage. Yeah, I mean, they were playing soft coverage, and they were still giving up these huge, huge gains on the back end. He was I, picking them apart. Yeah, I think Hawaii had three or four you know, 20-plus yard gains through the air. Um, and that's what we said in, in the preseason review, that they really needed to find some corners – to stop teams on pa- from passing on them. And it looks like, you know, everybody's going to be able to pass on Vandy, at yeah. least after one game. Yeah. I also noticed that their rushing attack is struggling. They couldn't put the game away because the guy couldn't get 10 yards for a first down. And the game's over. They had the game won at a certain point. All they had to do was just run the ball four times to get a first down. Yeah. They couldn't do it. Yeah, so in the fourth quarter, uh, Vandy was up 35-14. Uh, to 14. Um, I mean, it was a yeah. it was a, a three score game. Uh, Hawaii scores, Vandy can't put it away. Hawaii scores again. It's getting a little close. It's getting a little <laughs> close. Then they onside kick it. Yeah. Um, and and Hawaii recovers the onside kick, but the guy's elbow was just barely out of bounds. I thought it was because his heel had touched out of bounds before he touched the no, ball. No, no, no. So so I thought that too, but. So the Vanderbilt guy actually touched the ball first. So as long as he's okay. not the first guy to touch it, it's fine. The Vandy guy touches the ball. He gets himself back in bounds, turns around, dives on the ball, but his right elbow that's holding the ball is like three inches out of bounds. That's dumb. That's a dumb rule right there. Because isn't it like if you just touch the ball and it rolls out of bounds, it's your ball right there? Last person touch it before it goes out of bounds. It has to be possession. It has to be possession, and so in that in that case, the ball it's basically it's basically like the kicking team just took the ball out of bounds, and it's it's Vanderbilt's ball. So Vandy gets the ball, and then to your point, yeah. they still couldn't put the game away. Yeah, the, Hawaii still got the ball back, and then just ended up throwing a pick. Hawaii get, like really gave their last chance away. They gave the game away twice in this yeah. game. So number one, late in the game, yeah. the guy throws a pick. Before then, though, his only other in- interception, um, Hawaii drives the length of the field, right? They get down to the one-yard line, and they have a false start on the one-yard line. Um, uh, they have to back up five yards. They would have scored on that play if not for that false start. And then they try to throw like a back shoulder fade over to the right side yeah. of the end zone, and uh Vanderbilt guy turns around, picks it off, Makes an amazing catch, gets yeah. one foot inbound, and keeps it secure. Um, and so they're able to, you know, with that plus um, plus the other late interception, that's how they won the game. But Hawaii sh- 
if I'm honest with you, Hawaii had just as much of a chance to win this game as Vandy did. Oh, yeah. They were in it the entire time. Which is a stark difference from last year. What was the score of that game last year? 63-10 to for Vanderbilt's favor. So something has dramatically changed. And I will say it's mainly because of their running back transferring. Yeah, Ray Davis transferring up to Kentucky, I think, is a a big piece of the puzzle because Vandy returns a good bit of their offensive linemen. Um, You've got to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to run the ball. For that reason. I mean, you honestly, you know, we saw that a little bit with Auburn at times last year where we couldn't run the ball to close out a half or to close yeah. out a game. And it was like, man, you, you've got to be able to, you, to seal get the 10 deal. Yards. Yeah. Get 10 yards. Yep, and run two, three, four more minutes off yeah. the clock. That's the difference in a game. Um, so, you know, Vandy did exactly kind of what we thought they were going to do, um, you know, and, and – uh, in terms of their their total team, corner still struggling, um, can't run the ball, um, don't have uh, they have some really good wide receivers and Will Shepard and Jaden McGowan. AJ Swan looked pretty good. I, yeah. th- I thought he looked great. Um, he finished the the game nineteen of thirty with two hundred fifty eight yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, a really, can't really s- ask more from no, that. a really solid game. Um, you know, uh, you know. Meanwhile, you have you know uh, Caleb Williams over at uh, USC. Oh, sorry, let me get the stats here. Caleb Williams went eighteen to twenty-five for two hundred seventy-eight yards and four touchdowns in his game. I mean, he really kind of walked through that game. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing there for them. But you know, the the games all went you know pretty much up to snuff. There was no yeah. real surprises there. But but the Hawaii and Vandy game was an exciting game. It was, was the close. best game. Uh, the only reason New Mexico State and uh, UMass was good, it was a chippy. They were they were fighting out there, and that was that was fun to watch. It was almost like you know a rivalry week. It was weird to see yeah, fights so, on week zero. <laughs> it is, and you know it's funny. And I've been to that stadium, New Mexico State Stadium. We we took a trip out west years ago, yeah. and we stopped by. And uh, uh, our dad loves to get a picture in front of any football stadium that he can get. And so we stopped at that stadium. He took a picture of it. It's somewhere at my mom and dad's house, I'm sure. But, anyways, um, and uh, but I remember him even telling us that the fans here, you know, New Mexico State is the Aggies are all they have in that town, yeah. and um, and so they really pull for that team. And you saw that in the stands; it was a pretty packed crowd. Yeah, I mean, for it's a packed crowd for what it is. It's not. It's not an SEC. Yeah, it's not a sixty thousand yeah. person stadium. It's yeah. just a little. A little, you know, it's like South Alabama, really. Sure, yeah, I it's mean, it's pretty it, close, similar size to that. Yeah, um, but yeah, they were there, and they were booing every time the call did not go their way. I mean, it was like watching a little, a good game. Yeah, it was weird. Now, the other thing we hadn't talked about here was all right. So there's there's a little bit of a rule change, and I heard people complaining about it with the Notre Dame and Navy game, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. But the rule changes this, and for everybody listening. Understand this. The clock no longer stops when you get a first down. Usually, in years past, if you get a first down, the clock stops for a few seconds while the chain gang resets the next 10 yards and gets ready for for the next play. As soon as they get set, the clock starts running again. But that gives the offense, you know, three, four, five, six seconds, depending on how how big of a gain it is, um, to figure out what their next play call is going to be. Most folks are saying that this rule change, taking that time away, is going to reduce offensive possessions 
in total um, by about six to seven plays per game. Not a huge deal, but for teams like Tennessee, for teams mm-hmm. like Ole Miss, teams that want to score a bunch and they really want to unload their offense on you, it's going to affect those teams. Yeah. Did you notice the rule change at all? I didn't really notice it, and to be honest, I'm going to disagree with the rule, even though I didn't notice it, just because I'm tired of these commissioners trying to change something that didn't need to be changed. They're trying to fix something that wasn't broken. That was my question. Who complained about this? Who was complaining about yeah about college football games being three and a half hours yeah, long? That's what we want. We want the games to last as long as possible because that's exciting. Right. That's the most fun. And we only overtime, get this for three months out of the year. <laughs> the overtime rule change. Give me my football. <laughs> I know. The overtime rule where they put it on the two-yard line and you should go two-point conversions with that. Yeah. To end the game quicker. Right. Hate it. I hate, hate it too. Just let them play football. Keep putting it at the 25 and, and you know, let them figure it's it out. It's the f- most fair way I've ever seen football play. I hate the NFL. I, I hate uh, the way it does it. It's very, you know, I heard an NFL commentator once say that the NFL did it right because, you know, their their comment was, well, it takes both sides of the ball to win the game. So if you can't stop the other team, then that's on you. And my thought was, well, if it ends after one touchdown score, you only got to see one side of each yeah, team play. Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. And what about a kickoff return touchdown? I've seen plenty of NFL games end in overtime because a kickoff gets returned for a touchdown. Right. That's stupid. That's so stupid. No, I love I love the way college does it with the twenty five yard. Now it has to get to, is it the fourth overtime that they start doing? It's just the third. The third overtime. They put it at the five. They put it they at the five. move it up a yard. That's right. Every That's time. right. Because um, I remember Illinois and I think Penn State two years ago went to like nine overtimes. And they just got to the two and they're like, we can't move it up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like you're and too they just close. Left, which is also hilarious that yeah. it's like your rule didn't even change. Yeah. It, it didn't, didn't even change. They just anything. made bad plays. Right. Like it's just stupid. It, it is. Just, I hate it. At least, like, if you're putting it at the 25, there's chance for an interception. There's, there's chance. Some, there's so much more. You still got to have some to strategy to it instead of it just being one play call. Well, there were some exciting games that ended in like a pick six. I remember that happening. Yeah, but you, you don't really have that when you're going for a two point conversion. No, they're going to throwing gonna... it as high as they can in the back of the end zone almost right. every time. Right, or you're just trying to bulldoze somebody yeah. into the end zone to get six feet. Yeah. You're bulldozing somebody on a pitch play where you put a fullback in front of them. Right, right. So yeah, no, but I, I didn't notice on the on the time clock thing. You know, folks were complaining, especially after the Navy Notre Dame game. Notre Dame game that you know, hey, well, hey, we were, you know, halfway through or all, or completely the way through uh, the first quarter, and all, each team only had one possession. Well, that's mostly because Navy just runs the ball. That's yeah. all they do. I think they throw it like five times a game. I mean, they they basically play like 1930s offense. Like, I don't even know they're that playing they're, original football. They're playing original <laughs> football because they're representing America. Yeah. So, um, I don't think it'll be, have that big of an impact. Um, but I am curious to see if it does. Like as we get into the games, um, I thought they were going to go like full NFL with this rule, and basically make it where the clock almost just runs until the two minute warning. And that's the other thing about this rule. The clock does stop when you get a first down inside the two-minute warning. So at the end of each half... I hate even saying two-minute warning in college. I know. I hate... Stop. It, we don't watch the NFL. We're getting there. Your biggest viewers are in the Southeastern Conference. 
So what do they not watch? The NFL. I mean, there's a few people that watch it, but they don't really care. Right. They care about college football. So appeal to those people. We don't want the NFL. You don't want to lose the core of your fan base, and I'm with you. I, you know, this rule alone may not have bothered me, except for all the like other hundreds of rules and um, things that have changed, whether it be the college football playoff or you know the, all the conference realignment that's going on. Um, now you've got this rule change. You got the overtime rule change. Um, it just seems like. The game has just changed and overnight. Nobody has asked for it. That's no. the crazy. Nobody complained. Nobody ever complained about college football and said this needs to change. This was the. I mean, there's it, one of the reasons why there is conference realignment is because of money. Yeah, is because so many people were watching SEC and Big Ten football. You know, Pac-12 wasn't get their cut of the pie because their brand of football sucked. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't competitive. Right. I don't know. I, I whoever's making these rule changes, whoever's deciding the fact. The deciding factor in all this. Please stop. For the love of all that is holy. I saw something. Stop. Somebody said, you know, man, I wish the commissioners of college football loved college football. Uh, yeah. It, that's what it's turning into. And it seems like that with every sport. Uh, Rob Manford, MLB. Oh, yeah. He hates baseball. He's running the game into the ground. <laughs> like, and then he sits there and he goes, why aren't people watching baseball? They can't. Nobody can watch their team play. Well, the bad thing about the MLB, to totally change sports gears here, but the bad thing about MLB is MLB has done exactly what the Pac-12 did. They created this network that you have to have a certain subscription for, right, in order to view it. But then nobody's getting the subscription. Yeah. Right? And because it's like, they hey, used to just be able to watch it for free. So then, so then, <laughs> so then, guess what? Nobody's watching. So then, people forget about you, and they don't care. Yeah, right. You got to put the product out there for people to be able to care. I know. Just let people watch the games. Like it's not. You're not losing money. You're not losing money. Now you are because nobody's watching. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it was a it was a great week zero. I thought great way to to kind of open open up the schedule for college football. There are a lot of exciting college football games coming up in week one and we're going to have a special episode to break down uh our week one uh matchups as we go into the season here um i know uh florida and utah play on thursday yeah so florida and utah play on thursday um that's i mean that's going to be a very exciting game and we're going to have the season preview drop before then uh Top five matchups coming into this weekend, Emmett. Where where would you? What are your top five matchups for this weekend? Pretty short list. Yeah, Florida, Utah. Yep. Tennessee, Virginia. Yep. Uh, I do want to see Oklahoma. I do want to see them. And then LSU and Florida State. LSU, Florida State, and then I'll throw the other one out there is going to be South Carolina, UNC. Oh yeah, is another big matchup. If South Carolina gets that game, something could happen. That that could change our our outlook of that team for the season. Uh, and then everybody's really looking for um, for that week two matchup of Texas and Alabama. So uh, that's the one I think everybody's kind of got right on the horizon. Um, Penn State does play West Virginia, so that'll be a decent game there. Um, I think I'm most excited about that South Carolina UNC game. I mean LSU Florida State, obviously big market. I don't think the Utah Florida game is going to be that big of a matchup. I think it's going to be a bit of a. I just want to see how bad Florida loses. You want to see the car accident? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 
I mean, that's what's going to happen, I think. I, I It could get real bad. And then what if Florida wins? What if just, like, it happens? Well, we're going to have to change a few of our picks <laughs> if they win that game. <laughs> I think we hedged ourselves a little bit on that, you know. I mean, not not to say that, you know, we don't believe in our picks, but we talked about if they win that game, uh, the Tennessee game maybe becomes a little bit winnable there. Uh, the South Carolina game might be might be a, win- yeah. a winnable game. Um, back half of their schedule, though, man, it it's gets just rough. terrible. You have a, the worst schedule imaginable. Yeah, I for mean, like what your talent level is right now. Yeah, that that that's gonna get rough. So that game is huge for Florida to win that Utah game. Might be one of your only ones. It might be one of the only ones. But I mean, we've got them going three and nine. That's mm, rough. That's sad. I remember that year for Auburn. I, I do too. It was mm. not a good feeling. No. All right. Any other closing remarks there, Emmett? Week zero. What do you think LSU? So we've got them winning, but how much do you think they won by? So, um. I think LSU wins that game by 10 points. Really? I'm I keeping do. it within a touchdown. I think they win it by 10 points. I think LSU wants this game really bad. I think a lot of people have talked about how LSU is the weakest uh, SEC West yeah. uh, or weakest team to play in the SEC championship since Missouri. You know, we talked about how, like, Georgia, you know, they – cultivate this you know fake motivation that everybody's yeah. discounting them people are really discounting yeah, lsu lsu has real like bulletin board material yeah they do like georgia has to like probably write fake articles about themselves <laughs> to put on a bulletin board <laughs> they've just got they've got some plugs out there writing yeah. these fake articles and lsu just has to turn on the tv yeah i, I think i think that's why lsu is going to want this game yeah. they've been prepping for this game for a while now oh, yeah. when you've got a team like theirs that returns so many players you don't have to focus on every little, you know, you're not installing a whole new offense, installing a whole new defense, all those type things. Um, they've got guys returning, and um, they're going to uh, they're gonna be ready to play just coming into fall camp. So they've already spent some time getting ready for Florida State. I can, I can assure you of that. I like LSU, man. It's fun to watch them when they're good. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, they, they are one of the more exciting teams to watch in college football. I don't mind watching them because I don't have to live in the same state as them. No. So that's also a benefit. But, um, yeah, definitely some things to look forward to. We are three days away from college football when you folks hear this. Uh, on Monday morning, it is three days until college football oh my gosh. Uh, really gets rolling. I know we had some games this weekend, but for the rest of the SEC. It's real now. It gets rolling. It's happening. It gets rolling. I'm excited about it. I'm oh pumped my up. gosh. I cannot wait to be down in Jordan Air. What game are you most excited to be at for Auburn this year before we before we close out? Ooh. Here? That's tough. Cause you got Georgia, you got Alabama, you've got Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Who else we got coming in to Jordan Hare this year? So I can't I don't want to give anything away because we haven't done our preview of them. But I'll say this if we beat A and M, Georgia's gonna be the most exciting game. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I mean, the Iron Bowl is what the Iron Bowl is, yeah, but the, uh, Iron but if Bowl you, is was going to be a constant hype game no matter what. We were you, terrible with Brian Harsh in his first year in twenty twenty one. That took him to four over. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I think if we uh, if we beat Texas A and M, that Georgia game gets interesting. It's going to get interesting. Um, I bet you college game day is there for that game. I'll be there too. That's going to be wild. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it uh, for us here on this episode of the Behan Brothers Podcast. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Behan Brothers for the latest news, SEC news stories and more.